If you want to blow your head off, too, check out the Beach Boys' greatest hits. There's never a better four-hit wonder than these boys. Mike Love. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Love. I need money. Bermuda, Jamaica. Ooh, I need to make a car payment, house mortgage. Come on, I need electricity. It's turned off. I need heat. I am starting to not sleep because I need money. <laughs> Interests are drying up real low. I'm moving to Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, yes, to, you're listening to the Brassy and Classy Show. I think Michael and my video is better than half the celebrities on TV. I'm watching like Bill Maher, dude, and they didn't prepare for working from home. I, I just don't think any of them live much differently than us. I mean, I watch a lot of IGTV, Instagram television, oh, yeah. and the governor posts oh. videos every day of him in his backyard on his extravagant patio with his jackass and his... Dog. I think he's got two donkeys and a do- yeah. So he's got the dog and the two jackasses. Does he really? And it just, it's just every day. It's another video of him with his with his donkeys running around his backyard. Every he's got a lot day. of time. You know that's not normal. Yeah. But um, he's got an exceptional wealth net worth. But he's not terribly far off from some of these other celebrities. But if you watch them in their homes. They really aren't that much different from you or I when you look yeah. at where they're recording from. Yeah, I watched Seth MacFarlane twice. One on Bill Maher, another time on some news show. And it's just him on his app on his MacBook Pro probably. And yeah. like earbuds. And it's like that's it. The guy that's worth five hundred million dollars that has right. like conquered television does not have a setup for television at home. And then I'm looking at uh, what was it, a week ago, maybe two weeks, they did this SNL Tom Hanks hosted, and he oh, hosted yeah. from his house. He even cracked a joke. You know, I'm sharing a home, uh, just like all these SNL stars recording from home. Well, my home's a little bit different. Uh, but I watched them, and their their apartments are just very bland. Oh, yeah. It's like what I used to live in when I was broke, but pretending to be a well-to-do in New York City, thinking I was a hot bachelor back then. The Upper East Side. And they live just the way that I do, but they all make a lot of money. The only difference was was they could pay their rent. You know, I was struggling to pay it, but we lived the same way. You know, they're, they're, yeah. their apartments, it's like, well, I'm watching these, these people record their uh, comedy sketches, and behind them, if you see like a, a mop... Hanging upside down like it's being dried out, like they just right. you know, wipe down their yeah, little, it's a shoebox. Yeah, their tiny kitchen. Right, you can see the um, the typical white, the whitewash walls because that's what every 
management oh, yeah. company in New York City does. Yeah. So if you don't want to paint your walls because if you move out of the apartment, you just got to paint over it. So you just leave it white. Right. You know? um, and they don't make a lot of money. They make good money for They make pretty good money. You got to figure most of them make money in the movies, particularly uh, the big stars that are still left on there like Kate McKinnon. I mean, she's a movie star now. And I mean, if you're, if you're just a f- like first two-year cast member on SNL and that's it, you don't get paid like crazy amount of money. You get paid very well right. for you anybody. Have a job. But... You're steady working. Right. You're not but rich. It's, you can't buy a mansion in the Hamptons or anything like that. You, no. They don't get paid that kind of money. You know, I look at my life, and I own a home. And, and if you look behind me, my home doesn't look like much. My last house had a much better recording studio. Oh, yes. Yes. But yeah, just fortunately we foreclosed on that. <laughs> what? But I was watching an episode of The Talking Dead, and it was uh, you oh. know Jeffrey Dean Morgan who's got his beautiful farm upstate, and then um, what's his name from Sons of Anarchy, uh, and he had like the two second part in Saving Private Ryan. Oh yeah, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, he had this beautiful kitchen behind him. You know, this was a star. I can't even think of his name, but oh, Ryan, what, what was it Ryan Hurst? Is that it? Ryan Hurst. Yeah, Ryan Hurst. Yep. Beautiful. Who was he Saving Private Ryan? So he's the guy who gets blown up, and Ryan? No, 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 no. James Francis Ryan. No shit, that was yeah, him. That was him. Really? That was yeah. Ryan Hurst. Yeah. Son of a bitch, you're right. Yeah, that's him. Wow, I'm gonna need. I had to look that one up. It's not like I, I watched The Walking Dead and said, oh, yeah, that guy. And I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy. but um... See, I've watched Sons of Anarchy religiously. And I've seen Saving Private Ryan's. I never put that together until yeah. now, but I'm looking at the image, and it's him. That's him. No, no, wow. James Francis Ryan. I can't. Yeah. My, a grenade went off by my <laughs> ear. James Francis Ryan. So he's recording from home. And this beautiful house, beautiful kitchen. This is a guy who did well for himself and takes care of his home. Makes a nice home. As does Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But yeah, some of these people, they just, you look at them. They're not living the high life with home furnishings. No. Who was Ryan Hurst in Walking Dead? See, I stopped watching Walking Dead, so I'm way out of the loop. So he's... The beta character of the Whisperers, and um, okay, yeah, the show stinks, really does. Why is it still go. on? I stopped it's watching it for so season bad. nine. It's one of those bad shows that I just watched, but it's bad. It's a bad show. It's got to end. Good for you for keeping keeping it up. But yeah, that show should have ended, like as far as I'm concerned, like five years ago. It just the Negan thing got too ridiculous, and then they captured him. It didn't kill him, and it's like, I'm done. It's just not good. On, on many levels, it's not good. Um, I want to shift gears and bring this up. The world is questioning whether Kim Jong-un is still alive. You, now, you can't trust anything out of North Korea. They said they haven't had any coronavirus right. cases, which maybe they haven't because nobody can fucking leave. But... Um, Multiple sources are saying that he's dead. He hasn't been seen in weeks. The 1932 formation of North Korea's military has a parade every year. They just had it. He did not show up. What do you think? Is so he the, 
The mixed reports are one report is he's dead, and I think that report is like four hours old. The other reports are he's in a vegetative state. So if he's a vegetable, he's probably not coming out of it um, and, uh, from heart surgery. Heart surgery. Not the best doctors there. And I did read a report that the surgeon had shaky hands. So he wasn't good with scalpel. What if? Um, what if? What if it was a conspiracy, an inside job from some doctor who was actually South Korean and went there to do it? Could you blame him? No, I'm hoping he is dead. Yeah, it would I be good news. Dead is fried chicken. Dead is fried chicken. Now, if he is dead, his sister apparently will become the next supreme leader. Uh, don't know anything about her. Um, no, neither do I. She she does she does clean keep your shirts very clean and pressed though from what I understand. How <laughs> we doing it here, Tokyo? <laughs> well, so but it's a good thing if he's dead. But the U.S. has to know something. All the satellites we have and intelligence. I I don't know. It's it's this is really. It's it would be all over the news. I mean, it is all over the news, but it would be every single headline if this pandemic wasn't going on right now you would have reporters on the border uh, all over the parallels you know reporting live from this situation with kim jong-un but um he's kind of taking a back seat right now but if we get a confirmation that he is dead i'm sure that'll shift gears in uh you know the repertoire of cnn and fox news yeah i'm gonna try to find a clip of kim jong-un Do you want to hear a clip from the uh, Supreme Leader? Oh, yes, yes. That's it. That's all I got. Because they don't release a lot because it's very propaganda. But here it is again. Here's Kim Jong-un eight weeks ago. That's that's all he has. His English is a little broken. but Right. Is there any footage of him with uh, Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman bowing to him? Yeah, where was Dennis Rodman at during all this? Is he crying? Probably be there at the funeral. That's the thing about North Korea. They're so secretive, you know? The only time I ever heard the guy speak, he just had the warlord's voice. It was just, yes, I sound like Miyagi. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you son of the Miyagi wife die. But he's only like 30. Well, now he's like 36. Yeah, he's but he young. sounded like he was 80. Here is a, here's a real clip of Kim Jong-un speaking. Let's see what we got. I'll find it in a second. It's a... Uh, here it is. A United States is at the range of our missiles. This is a reality. What he's translating to is tweet us at the underscore podcast so we come up with a new Twitter handle. Um, it would be a good thing if he died, though. It's, it's a bad country. It's bad on human rights. They're constantly threatening the United States, even though they don't have a chance. You can't believe anything they say. I equate Kim Jong-un's health to the one house in the neighborhood whose guy's wife is cheating on him. 
His money is in shambles. His dad's bailing him out, but he's keeping this front like everything's fine. Like I'm in this great place. Right. What are you talking about? But you know, everything is falling apart, and he's a terrible human being. But he, on the front, they're like, "Well, no. We look, look at this great garden we have, and uh, we're friends with China. And China is like the dad that's bailing them out because they give them money. Right. Um, but that's it. They're not a sustainable country. But they are a very disciplined military. If you ever watch those guys march, it's take it for, take poetic. It for me. Yeah, I mean, they are perfectly in sync. They spend nothing but time, you yes. know, um, probably doing drill ceremonies. And, um, you know, they're yeah. not, they're a force to be reckoned with. I mean, it wouldn't feel like we just roll over these guys if, God forbid, we had to go to war with North Korea. I mean, they were really, right. they're they were, and I don't know if they still are, the fifth largest military. I think they are. And for a small country, that says a lot. Right. No, I think, they, I think they still are the fifth largest. Yeah, and, I mean, that's their Each life. Chinese man. Me play joke. Play joke. No, I think they are. Um, it is very funny to me, though, when you see archived footage of him with a map of the United States behind yeah. him. And, like, Texas is circled with, like, nuke here. It's like what a kid would do when he's like, oh, right. "What a great, a scary drawing." This right. is what it is. Like they're very, they've defied all odds, honestly, of a country that should have collapsed decades ago, right. like the Soviet Union did. They they should have collapsed in the seventies, and they didn't. It's but it amazing. proves that if you're in a small country, communism. It's not that communism necessarily works, but communism can survive in a small country yes in a large country that's what i try to tell all the socialists who go crazy for the that you feel the burn if you will who might be in charge of north korea if he dies bernie sanders might be the new leader the honorable bernie sanders um but the sanders is the aocs who think that this uh big government destroying the wealth the wealthy and distributing the wealth to everybody to keep things on an even keel. They think this could work. It can. They're trying to model it off of Sweden, but you It'll can't fail. compare Sweden to the whole United States. It's a big-ass country. That's the I thing. Mean, look what happened with the stimulus package. It, it cost trillions of dollars, and it gave you 1200 bucks. If you want to take Los Angeles... And put socialism here, that might work because of like the wealth gap and the amount of people. Right. But if you do that through the whole country, you you can't expect two hundred and seventy million. How much is it? Three hundred million now. God, who knows? With all the deaths that we've had now, uh, I think it's like go to go to census.gov for the official count of the day. I, I did get my census.gov paperwork in the mail and said fill this out, and I I thought shamelessly. I'm going to wait a few weeks because these numbers are going to change pretty dramatically <laughs> like two months. Let's be honest. COVID-19, it's not But accurate. if you go to census.gov, it will give you the, the, the numbers of the world in the U.S. right now. Okay. Uh, how Population it is, right now. I don't know because wow. people are by the second. 328 million. So to expect 328 million people to be yeah. su- sustainable on a socialist budget is unrealistic because so many things pop up. Um, it would collapse. It would be anarchy. It would be worse than coronavirus as far as like 
chain of command. Well, Bill Maher asked Bernie Sanders a question about, you know, if you were in charge, if you were king for today, how would you handle this this thing, this new stimulus? And, of course, all he could say was, I would make sure that everybody was taken care of and received a paycheck and health care for the remainder of the pandemic. And, of course, health care forever. So, of course you would. I guess that it doesn't make sense. Well, you know, Senator, uh, don't you realize that other people, your opponents, are going to say that you can't just print money to lead to inflation? And all this bum right. can say is the the alternative would be much worse. But he can't define the alternative. No, and he can't defi- define the needs of paying for all that you could say it sounds great to say yo everyone's going to get free college i'm going to do this but all that has to get paid for teachers need to get paid professors need to get paid janitorial services need to get paid tuition needs to get paid upkeep needs to get paid where does that come from it comes from tax dollars so what you're going to tax people more yeah good luck they just think that the billion the billionaires of the world uh just have this endless supply of money and they think you tax them until they're not billionaires anymore, and that's going to pay for everybody. That's worse. Again, it comes back to this stimulus package was like three trillion dollars. It and doesn't it, work. All it gave everybody was twelve hundred bucks, twenty four hundred if you were married. Yeah, that, that the stimulus payments are a joke, to be honest with you. Um, but 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 uh, to you can't overtax the billionaires. Because that defies the purpose of capitalism. If I make a billion dollars off a great product, I don't want to have 50% taken away because I want to pay for people. Now, the other side of the token, billionaires should be taxed more. I don't think people like Jeff Bezos should be yeah, I don't either. not paying taxes. I mean, that is bullshit. But it's not, they're not the answer to like dig in because that's going to drive them away and start right. setting up shop at, like Bermuda. Not Bermuda. Uh, like Bahamas and things like that. Different right. offshore accounts, which they're doing anyway, but... You don't you don't want to do that because the United States will not be yeah be I, get a business so it doesn't work. How that guy gets away with a tax free uh, paradise? No, he, yeah, he's, he's an exception. I, I don't get it either. But he be, it, the only defense I could ever make for a guy like him who doesn't pay taxes is, all right. So if you want to if you want to live by the trickle down theory, that's fine. You have to now prove yourself. And yes, you have to term. meet a certain quota of people that you're going to put to work because you can afford to hire them now because of the tax breaks that you've been given. Now you've got to meet a certain minimum of people that you hire uh, in order to get your tax breaks. But Brilliant. You know, I agree. I, I, no, it's true. You need to show like returns like account. you do with taxes. Where did this go? Right. Uh, before the show, we played you a song by the Beach Boys, which was – what is it in, in my room? My room it was written by like Brian Wilson. I think it was one of his earliest songs, and he was just a troubled soul. Yeah, he's fucked up in the head. So that's a dedicated to the quarantine in my room. In my room, are they uh, Beach Boys? One of the, like Kiss, one of the most overrated bands ever. Uh... I mean, Kokomo is a great song. Surf in the USA, God only knows, is beautiful. But they've been playing for sixty years and right. somehow making money. But they really—they're really the, probably the only guys who 
lived up to the namesake. I mean, they were the Beach Boys, and that wasn't just the title. You know, some catchy band name that they came up with. They sang about the beach all the time. They did. You know, it, I, was, I, it was like a Christmas group that gets named for the holidays. Right. And I thought about this because you have a 1955 Thunderbird. But the question that the world has is you have another car oh, model in your home office to the left of you. And what is that? I, I, I don't want you to tell me. I want to see it. I want to guess for the audience of what the second model is. That is a Alfa Romeo. It is, indeed. At 2015. It's actually in 1996. Oh, very good. What kind of what model Alpha is that? Spider. Beautiful. Not necessarily an exotic vehicle, but yeah. My what are you? Uh, my Thunderbird behind me. Uh, that's what I dream of owning one day. I was gonna buy one once. Beautiful. They're great yeah. cars. Yeah. If you look at my Instagram, I sat in one and tried to start it up. It's somewhere in my Instagram files. Ooh. Yeah, this guy uh, across, he runs a car museum across from the Corvette Museum in Bowling Green. Oh. So before I went into Bowling Green to the Corvette Museum, I stopped by this guy. He's a great collection. And um, nice. I, I asked him if he had a 55 Thunderbird for sale, and he did. It was a black one. I'm not terribly crazy about the tuxedo black ones, but uh, I took a look at it. It was a manual, not an automatic. I told him I actually, believe it or not, don't want it. That's probably one of the few cars I don't want a manual in. Really? Because it was 1955, and, and if you got the Highline model, it had everything powered. It had power seats, power windows, and an automatic transmission, which in 1955 was a big deal. It, was it a Roadster? Um uh, w w typical roadster features, no, because it wasn't sporty, you know, to get an automatic. But because in those days that was all brand new, and the car wasn't really that fast, and only had like a three-speed manual stick. Which is, yeah, uh, what's the point? One, two, three. You may as well just get an automatic. Um, right. Yeah. So what's the, the one, point of it? Was a man. But he let me go in there and he let me start it up, and uh, I was really. Having a tough time getting the whole thing is on film. I did a selfie of it. And oh, we gotta find this. Yeah, I had a tough time getting that thing started. In fact, I was putting so many, um, I was putting so many toxins in the air because I was, I was turning the the car would turn <laughs> over, but every time I'd crank it, it would just put out all of this carbon monoxide that was in the. <laughs> what was the guy doing? Was he like, oh, you gotta fiddle with it? Just, I, and then finally I said, hey, look, I don't want to go and touch your stuff, but I think we need to open a door up there because people who are your paying customers are coughing right now because they can't breathe turning. in your garage. The 55 T-Bird. Right. That's funny. This was a guy, a private seller next to he, it. No, he, runs a, he runs a, a museum slash – he's like a museum dealer. Like so a he's got a huge collection of beautiful cars, uh, probably over a hundred. Wow! And it's right across from, not even across the street, like up across the parking lot of the Bowling Green Corvette Museum, and ah. uh, he just has a collection of classics. 
And he, he said if I bought the thing or I bought any car from him and I told him, hey, you know, I, I wouldn't want to bring this thing where I live. I live in a flood zone. You can just leave it there. You know, you can actually buy a car off of him. And if you wanted to just, you know, keep it in his garage and just get it when you want, you could do that. What's so, the point yeah, of that? Yeah, really good guy. What's, his, what's the name of the place? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I won't plug it. In fact, I don't even remember 100%. But if you go on my Instagram, I know it's on there. MJ Biscardi. It was a year ago. So ML Biscardi Jr. What's the Instagram handle? Let's find this information out for the listeners. If you are on Instagram and you would like to find these car spotting trends by Michael Biscardi, you will go to ML Biscardi at ML Biscardi on Instagram. That's correct. Uh, I still want to Photoshop this. Welcome to Georgia. Georgia. So it's in. Uh... No, I was, let's see, this past week I've been in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. So all the tolerant states. And now I'm I'm back in New York. Yeah, I actually got my flight canceled from Gulfport, Biloxi. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to drive all the way to Charlotte, which is where my connector was supposed to be. So I had the um, rental car with me, and the rental company was very courteous, very helpful and accommodating, and they let me return the vehicle over at Charlotte Airport. And uh, so I I drove all the way, took a little ride. Um, I visited Selma, Alabama. That was my... How was it? How was Martin Luther King's uh, historical stomping ground there? So it's very, well, it's very black um, and a very black pride. What I found very fascinating, there's a beautiful uh, memorial park, and it's it's really memorial woods. It's in the woods right by the bridge. But the Edmund Pettus Bridge... You know, I don't really know much about this guy, Edmund Pettus. I, I, I really, I didn't know much about the movie because I only saw bits and pieces of it. I know it was an historical moment in time. Right. But um, I haven't seen you it. Know, it. Right. I, I only knew about it uh, you know, later in life. I, it wasn't really even taught to me in history much. But it's a very significant period and a very significant place. But this guy, Edmund Pettus, was a Klansman. And as soon as you get over the bridge to, to like, the eastbound side of it, um, you know, Selma's a town that's actually got a lot of potential. It looks like it's trying to be an artsy town, but it requires a lot of investment. So as Ah. soon as you get over to the east side of the bridge, there's this park, which I took a quick stroll through. And then there's uh, a shop dedicated to, you know, African garb. Um, you know, Run DMC t-shirts. I want to say African culture, but it's not really. It's black South American. Uh, not South American is in South, South America. Of, right. America, Southern South. United States. It's really dedicated. No, there's a lot of ludicrous CDs. <laughs> but there was this one um, poster, and it's in the, the shop. It's in the window of a shop. And it's what did the, all these people have in common? And it's a picture of this guy, Edmund Pettus, who's the namesake of the bridge, and Adolf Hitler, the Fuhrer, and David. Osama bin Laden. 
And it's just what are all these? What do all these have in common? They're all terrorists. And so I read up on this. I said, you know, this guy Edmund Pettus was a pretty nasty Klansman, according to what I'm reading here. If this is such a significant place in U.S. history, Bloody Sunday, 1965, why is this? bridge still named after him yeah it doesn't add up yeah it definitely wasn't the kind of town you saw a lot of confederate flags in so yeah i ain't buying it no and hitler wasn't a terrorist he was worse than any terrorist don't get me wrong he was terrible but he was a dictator he wasn't so much a terrorist right but i was i appreciated the 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 the, um, alignment well, yeah, it was. They took Osama bin Laden, and it, it, by putting that up there, they're showing, hey, uh, we're all about um, anti-terrorism on all levels. You okay, know, not just yeah, I get that. And yeah. I really appreciated that because it's not like right. You know, it was just Black Lives Matter, and I saw a lot of Black Lives Matter. There was some posters up of of. Uh, children actually it was really sad and young people who said my life matters you know with the name and the dates of birth and you know date of death yeah uh, but i i don't know what they died from i i really don't know much about the town and what's going on there now but it was uh it, it was it was a was, very it was it was a good stopover i didn't have to go through it i'm glad i did it's good that you did you could say yeah. you could chalk that off like i've been there yeah, I've been to a lot of places that uh, I just happen to pass through. I happen to pass through Columbine High School a couple yeah. of ago, as you recall. Interesting things to talk about, to say, yeah. hey, I've been through there. Right. Um, we were talking about Sleepy when I was down Hollow. in Mississippi. I've been, you're right. I've been in, to Auschwitz. Yeah, places like that, that you would never make a particular effort to go there alone, or just just for that reason. Like, I would yeah, well, I did actually school, go all the But way I would right. like to see it. Right. Um, I actually did go to Auschwitz all by myself. <laughs> um, uh, Sad. But um, heavy. Yeah. Anyway. So it was a it was an experience. Yeah, it's cool that you went there. And where then, Where was the the route to Charlotte? You flew back from Charlotte. Right. So the flight that I was supposed to be on got canceled. Um, the second flight that I was supposed to catch was in Charlotte, but it wasn't until, I think, four in the afternoon, which would have meant I would have been... So the the flight from Biloxi that I got changed to was taking off at 5.40 in the morning, but it wasn't... Oh. It was going to mean... I'd rather you know, have coronavirus. I was going to be sitting in Charlotte International Airport for hours, and there yeah. was nothing open. Yeah, so I said, you know it. what? I may as well just drive there. So as soon as I got released from what I was doing down in Biloxi, uh, I decided, you know what? I'm going to take this rental car and I'm just going to drive all the way to Charlotte. And that's what I did. And I slept in a rest stop as soon as I reached the South Carolina border. Oh, a little, uh, little rest stop diner. Did you get any hand jobs from any truck stop hookers? <laughs> what did I do? I tried... Some fast food place. That what was, was it called? I don't even remember, but it was terrible. It was yeah. it was a small chain down there. Oh, it was oh. yeah. 
chains are funny when you go to other states. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, go down to the uh, McCluckins. And you're like, what's that? You're like, it's huge. You're like, well, okay. And you go there and you're right. like, it sucks. Right. You get the people from Texas who swear by Whataburger, people from California swear what? by In N Out. You know, everybody's got overrated. Their, everybody's got their personal chain, their local chain. I will take In N Out, though. It's a private owned company. Right. They put a religious quote at the bottom of all their straws. They're like, well, fuck it. We're not going to play the game. They're just like right. an old family still doing their thing. And they are good. But you have all these other restaurants like Carl's Jr. out here yeah. that charge like eight bucks a burger. And you're like, it's not even that great. <laughs> eight dollars. Literally. I ordered a burger there a couple months ago. And they were like, it's five eighty. I was like, for, for what? Right. I ordered like a bacon cheeseburger. It wasn't even that good. Right. Um, but yeah, people do swear by it. They do swear by these chains. Uh, yeah. Big in the South, too, is um, Waffle House. As you know, that I visited many you times over the past month. It is good, though. Well, I told the story, I think, on the last show of the Waffle House that I went into where the woman was commenting on my accent. Or I don't think you did. Of. Oh, I didn't talk about that no, in the last I don't, episode? I, I haven't heard this. Nope. Oh, Not okay. Waffle House and an accent. No? You better put your dick into this uh, peach dish. So I've told this story a lot of times now because it annoys me. Um I thought I told it last episode. All right. So no. anyway, when I was probably my first week down there in Mississippi, in Gulfport, I popped into a, a Waffle House, and there's one on every corner. So by that, I mean you could be at a Waffle House in the parking lot, and you could look east, west, north, south, and see another Waffle House. That's ridiculous. Yeah. it, it It's... They're that compact. Right. So anyway, the, the apparently the second busiest Waffle House in the world is there in Biloxi because one of them is right across from the Hard Rock Casino. Biloxi. Biloxi. So it's, it gets busy, you know, after... Did you say uh, the Hard Rock? Yeah. Yeah, well, about the Hard Rock. That's a good, that's good eats. I don't care yeah. where you are. It's a good place. But when the Hard Rock Casino is probably closed at that hour of like four in the morning and it happens to be a, a waffle house open because it's the only thing open if you get a hunger pang for some waffles after you've blown all your dough Coke. at the craps table. Yeah. Dough. Yeah. Dough. So anyway, this one that I went into, I sit down and I just want to get some waffles. I have nothing bad to say about the waffle house. I like it. Is it you know, incredible. Do I crave it when I'm not around the Waffle House? No. But I was in the mood for some waffles. As soon as I sit down, the woman who was working, and I guess she's a manager. She was, she was all, a manager who was at the griddle, and she's asking me. <laughs> also cooking. Where she asks me where I'm from, and I tell her, and then she's telling me. Boy, you don't sound like you're from Long Island. And I said, oh, really? What do, she what, knows. What do Long Island people sound like? That's what I right. said to her. She goes, not like you. I said, but then she turns to me and she really? says, she says, well, well, that's all right. Yeah, hey, look, don't feel bad. People think I come from California. Wow. No, she's full of shit. 
And I said, no, you sound like a local, and I've only been to Mississippi once before. Well, you sound like you're from the South and not California. So if you told me you came from, you know, Atlanta or Little Rock or, you know, Nashville, I Mobile. believe. All right. So then there's this other woman who comes up to her and says, I don't know what you're talking about. Where does he sound? Where else does he sound like he's from? And I don't even I haven't said more than a couple of words. You shouldn't get any type of regional dialect out of me because I'm not talking that much. Really, I was just listening. Right. You're but, not on a podium. Right. Preaching. I'm not talking that much. So then she says, I don't know what it is. I guess it's because I'm used to maybe here in Staten Island. And, you know, that's a whole different accent. I said, nope, I've lived there, too. It's just maybe a thicker city accent, but it's not like the borough with its own accent. I don't know where you picked that up from. I don't know, you know, from Staten Island. Um, She's full of shit. Yeah, and then she asked me finally what I, what I want to order. She says, you want to taste New York? Oh. I, said, I just really want to get some waffles. I, yeah, I, I a I taste been, of New York? I haven't New been York gone. Strip. I haven't been gone more than, you know, three days. It's not like I'm missing home that much. I just want to get some fucking waffles. You want to taste of New York? So she offers me rat. this dish that probably was new to the menu and they probably couldn't sell it. So she asked me if I wanted a taste of New York. It was oh, this... Yeah. Eggs and cheese steak with onions and mushroom over hash brown. And I'm saying... Yes, very Manhattan-like. What I think Audrey God's... Hepburn ordered those at Breakfast at Tiffany's. I said, what in God's name is so New York about this? <laughs> Nothing. She was so trying I to say, play you. Right. So I say to the woman, um, cheese steak, well, they're, yeah, they're famous in Philadelphia. Right. But she's trying to say, like, Philadelphia is practically New York. You know, and I'm just thinking to myself... Of course, it's a big this. city. This isn't the first time I've encountered something like this. Oh. I remember when I was living in Little Rock, there was this woman who asked me where I was from. She was with a small crowd of females. Yeah. And I said, well, I just, I, I'm down here in Little Rock doing a, a thing for work. I'm going to be here for a year. Uh, I just, you know, moved here from Manhattan. Right. Probably, it was probably about a month. Yeah. So, this smart-ass little lady tells me that uh, I'm from Boston. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I've, I've been to Boston many times. I've never lived in Massachusetts in my life. And she calls bullshit <laughs> in on my me. life. She what? calls that's, bullshit that's on me. That's crazy. She swears that she's got me down pat. And, and I said, ma'am, I've never lived in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, right. You may live in New York now. No, I live in Little Rock right now, She's actually. Okay. Just... And she said, but you're from Boston. I said, well, ma'am, let me tell you something. I've known a lot of Bostonians. They're very proud of where they come from. Let's just say I don't root for the Red Sox or the Patriots. Right. And if I was from Boston, <laughs> believe me, I would. The problem is you ran into somebody that thought they could just charm you into buying something and you called no, bullshit and they're trying to back themselves out of the corner and be like, nah, you're from there. It's not even that. Now, she wasn't a, uh, that woman in Little Rock was just another like bar patron or something. I remember she said to me she lived in New York for like a year so she knows what New York people sound like, I guess. Of course. And I said, oh, where'd you live? And she couldn't remember. And, Very um, pl- plausible. And, I lived in London for a year. Where? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't no know. No idea. 
So really? when I'm yeah. when I'm talking to this woman at the Waffle House, I remember saying to myself, you know, it's funny. Nobody asks where I come from or assumes I come from somewhere else or says I sound like I'm from Boston when right. I'm back home. It's only when I come to the South and I listen to all you experts and people from the North. Linguistic lecturers. Right. And they know our cuisine. Cheese steak eggs over hash brown, a true taste of New York. I'm like, what? Does it make like, any sense? Who do these people think? They, but they think they're so cultured down there. What's, what's funny to me about that is, curiously enough, I mean, cheesesteak is in no way associated with New York. Oh. It would make more sense if they were like, hey, do you want a, some New York New York strip steak? And you're like, okay, it's in the name. Or right. Manhattan clam chowder. Like, it's in the name. Doesn't mean New Yorkers like go out and eat New right. York strip steaks. But the fact that like a cheesesteak implies that you know it's from somewhere north and you're lumping that all together. And the thing is, oh, I'll have some waffles, but she wanted to sell me it. And believe it or not, before I left the Waffle House, well, I'll get to this in a second. So anyway, she asked me if I wanted this dish, and I said, look, you obviously want to make it for me. Okay, I'll eat it. And I got, <laughs> and eat- so I, I got it. And it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't that good. It wasn't really what I wanted. Um, what it was, was just, it? It was like hash browns topped with scrambled eggs and cheese steak with like onions and mushrooms on it. Was it deli- Was it disgusting? No. It was, but it's know, not what you want when you try to order waffles. Right. So it's like I ordering got a pancake. It. There's like, here's cream chip beef. You're like, I don't want this. Right. And, and there was a, so I stopped going to that Waffle House after they did the shutdown. Um, you went to the one next door. They did, there was one right across from my hotel. Nice. And they were only open for it to go uh, at that point. Yeah. And so I show up to get a to-go plate. And this was probably two days before I left. And this is a whole new Waffle House. And this guy who works there was trying to sell me this same dish. Oh, see, you're, um, you're right. It's new on the menu. And they're trying to push it. Yeah. They ordered too much. Corona right. happened. And they're like, hey, you have a pulse. You'll love right. this. Right. Right. And what did just, you do? Was it that great? I think I just said no. I, I had it. it. Wasn't that great? Just you know, give me the blueberry waffles. But yeah, don't try to tell me do I want a taste of New York? Like what the hell do you? And she's That's trying insulting. to sound. She's trying to tell me that people that tell me, oh, people tell me that I don't sound like I'm from Mississippi. They think I'm from California. That doesn't make any sense. And I said no, no, you don't sound like you're from California. That doesn't make any sense. Right, you but, should have been like, hey, do you want a little taste of Mississippi? What? And then bring it her, her sister and be like, here you go, start making it out. So that's I interesting. Just, I don't know. What, it's only when I go to the South that they get these experts who know what people sound like. I have a theory about and, Southern women. I think they're either, if they're beautiful, they can either be very, very charming, like that Southern draw where you're like, yeah. wow, very into you. Like, this yeah. is charming. Or they're fucking obnoxious. There's no in between. Yeah, like she wasn't trying to be obnoxious. She just, what's the word, extra? She was just being too extra, as these kids say. Yeah. And it's annoying, you know. Well, just, I don't want to talk about where I come from. I don't, I don't want to talk about dialects, accents. You don't need a taste of New York. Right. All I said I'm was, stab that you. I, right. 
What? You asked me where I where I'm from, and I told you. And um, let's leave it at that. We don't have to. Talk. I don't need to to hear about any connection. I don't. I don't care if you've been there, which I get a lot. You know, the people that visited, great. I don't care. It's. It's. I just. So you don't have to make the connection, but um, right. Oh, true. Oh. There was this one guy cutting my hair. In the south? Yeah. Before At least they you got banned. a haircut. Good well, for you. I don't know. This is when I first got there. Um, before they started the bands on all the barber shops, so I walk into this one shop, and uh, I just took my chances and took the first chair. So the the, the kid that takes me. Um. Yeah. Probably doesn't get a lot of customers requesting him. So I'm talking to him, but I realized I couldn't talk to this guy because he was so he was so uh, inaudible. His accent was so thick that I couldn't understand him. And he was so bad. He'd be, he'd be talking me up like buckwheat. Did I lose you? A bit bit of Oh yeah. So anyway. A bit bit of Looks good Why don't you come on down here and why don't you let a servant gentleman start cutting your trellis? Uh, sorry, I just need a haircut. Oh well, why don't you just take down your pants and let me suck your dick? Because the coronavirus money is starting to really get on Miles' nerves. Ma! So he's. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I had a, I had a, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I had to reset my camera. Uh, what, oh. what, what, what was he doing again, though? Could you please repeat? So, all right. So he I, please. He's, he's cutting I my hair. This. He's cutting my hair, and he's asking me questions that, if you remember the Seinfeld episode with the woman you couldn't hear, and I'm just kind of going. I do. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't look this guy. He was just. What was his deal? I, I don't know. He just had this really thick accent that I couldn't. <laughs> it was. It was like the. the bio... Oh, he was Deliverance. Right. It was like the Bayou La Battery. <laughs> oh. So he's talking to nope, me nope. about a cell phone, I remember. I said, my, my cell phone. <laughs> Do you think, and I, I, I think maybe he was asking me to call it for him so he could locate it. Oh, but I couldn't, I, under, I couldn't understand him. So I said, uh, geez, I don't know. I have no idea what the guy asked. <laughs> yeah, you got to give generic answer to that point. Like, right. Yeah, whatever your body that... language is saying, I'm agreeing with. Right. And then he, he's. <laughs> cutting my well, hair, and he says what sounds to me like a boob of the valleys. <laughs> a boob. Wait, who is this inbred? Where is this? Is this in Mobile? No, this is a Biloxi. It was a, a barbershop, and there were all the guys. I don't want to say yeah, it was it a black barbershop. I don't want to say it was a black barbershop. They just happened to be black guys working there, but all types of people went in. Right. So I don't want to stereotype. <laughs> But this guy's a, a boob of value. What? What are you doing? And, and, I, did, and I didn't respond to him at all. He says, I said, Are you Italian? Oh, and he clarified. I, and I said, uh, Oh, oh. 
Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Whatever I could not you, like, understand anything this guy said until finally he went into his story about. Um, he asked me if you know I was. Uh, you know, I love that you got a, milit- a military. It, it's it was so long ago though. My hair's so overgrown. Um, so you know, you were to the military comes up, and he said he wanted, he wished he could have joined the military, but he Pussy. got he got busted, he, and you don't think they would they would they, they, they would take me? No, nope. and I and I said, well, what what were you, uh, what'd you get pinched on? And he said, armed robbery. Yeah, I that's said, usually yeah, a big, probably well. gonna have a pro- You might have a hiccup there. Unless you got a good lawyer that might be able to expunge that. I said, did you do federal time, state time? He says he did state time for it. And then I asked him, so did you learn to cut hair in the joint? I mean, he was even a decent haircut, believe it or not. Um, This is bad conversation. It was expensive. But yeah, I I could not understand this guy. Looks good now. What do you do in that situation? You have to, like, agree. Um. And that's what it was. So finally I left. I tipped them, took care of them. But I said, good God, these people got these thick accents. I referenced Bayou Bi- La Battery. I went to, I think I even took Alabama. a picture. Yeah, I took a picture of Bayou La Battery, Alabama. I love it. I saw you were down there. Yeah, I showed you the picture. There was like this RV park yeah. in some, oh, public, was brilliant. some public. Yeah, like uh, it was a fork in the road. Yeah, it should have been the fort, right? There was this thing parked yeah. there. He had like a lazy boy out in his yard with a mattress, and he was burning this big bird pit. Yeah, yes. there's human trafficking going on in that army. <laughs> I did see it. It was hilarious. Yeah. What do you do in those situations, though? You you're aware that I wonder if they're aware that they you can't understand them. It's like dealing with like an immigrant or something yeah. that. You know, whatever walk of life they're on, God bless you, but you run into paths with them and you just can't understand. Because I'm pretty good at bullshitting and, like, reading body language and going along. But after a while, you're like, I don't... And I have a little fun with them myself, particularly if I'm in an Italian restaurant in the south. So there was a place right in Biloxi called... uh... Let me guess. Goombas. (laughs) No, it was kind of a a generic name. That oh, you've definitely heard probably or seen a million times because there's a whole bunch of restaurants yeah. probably named like the Sicilian or Il Siciliano. Tony's Bistro or something. Right. So there's this place called the Sicilian. And I said, I'll try it out. So I got a dish. I'm going over the menu. And by this point, it was takeout only. Uh, they closed all the, the businesses, and, and this place had been We're going to take you out if you don't buy. Ooh, uh, ooh. So I'm talking to this girl, asking her what she recommends. I said, how's your mana got? And she goes, what? Yeah, that's your first problem. <laughs> right. So, yeah, because outside the door, there's this uh, customer review. I It felt like I was back in Italy. I haven't had food this good since then. I'm like, because you probably haven't been outside of Mississippi. Yeah, you were in Italy, Louisiana, the town right. for, the so, four towns up. So I have a little fun. I said, how'd your mana go? And uh, she's like, what? Manicotti. And I point to it. Oh, you mean the manicotti? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just to have a how, little bit how's, fun. Your, how's your lasagna? What? Oh, you mean the lasagna? Yes. <laughs> yes, how's the lasagna? How is it? 
Is is edible? It's, it's a big word. You know, and if I say, can you put a little extra mozzarella on there? You know, don't be. Huh? Hey, can I get some more gravy for this yeah. man of goat? Oh, you uh, more it ain't Thanksgiving. It is not Thanksgiving, young man. So, um, you have to. You have to have fun. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, I had a little fun with them, but good. Uh, I just, I, yeah, there was some of them I, I just <laughs> could not, no, couldn't, couldn't compute. I had fun with a Philly cheesesteak place. They were owned by some people. They've obviously never been to Philadelphia. There was pictures of Chicago in the restaurant. It's right by me. I was like, oh, this would be a great fit if this place right. is good. It's like five years ago. I went in there and it was like, it was still portraits of Chicago in there. And they were like, we're Philly. And they, they had no idea. Yeah. And I was like, let me get a cheesesteak with fried onions. They're like, fried onions? Does that go on there? So I was trying to have fun with them, so I did an arm robbery right. on the place. And I left with like 12 grand. It was great. <laughs> I bought this podcastle setup, which is what you're listening to today. Twist! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. You gotta have fun, though. The funny thing is, too, I mean, the taste of Joke. New York, the cheesesteak. Like you said, it was probably oh, they ordered too much of it. They had to sell it. But I mean, I'm not really into cheesesteaks. I never have been. Um, the old farm guy. So I I got it, and I was just, oh, it's not bad. It's just, it just isn't that great. <laughs> Why did I hate when people order for me. Is it cheap down in the South? At least the areas you well, were. Well, Waffle in. House is definitely cheap. Uh, like, where what's I was, cheap? What was what was the there cost? There was one that place. Deal? There was one place next to my hotel, and I don't want to give out the name because if I were to plug them, they might get in trouble. Oh. Um, they were keeping the place open beyond the, um, I guess, the quarantine laws, whatever you want to call it. Ah, like, speak easy. It, it, it kind of was, yeah. There yeah. was a place next to my hotel. I'm looking was, for one of those. And it was really posh. Um, the food, not really that good. It was actually really expensive, and it wasn't that good. Like, I got a gumbo to go. You know, you couldn't eat there. You had to get it to go. But while you ate, I'm sorry, while you waited for your food, so while you waited, not ate, you could drink at the bar. Because oh, they hadn't put a, yeah, they hadn't put a law out yet that said you you weren't allowed to wait with a drink. They did shut that down eventually. But for the longest time, this place let certain people drink at the bar, so they seemed to like me, and they let me have my glass of wine or my whatever they had on tap. And I was so grateful for these guys, just because by this point, you know, we're two weeks in. And they've already shut down the bars, and I, you know, when you, I guess that makes me sound like a, an an ebriate drunk, but no, um, you need to re- re- relax and rewind. And it was great. And there was a local guy there who obviously had a lot of pull, and he was buying everybody shots, and said he wanted a shot. And um, I think he worked for he was a contractor. That's pretty cool. Like ambulance companies, and he was asking me about something. You know, he sent a bunch of ambulances up to New York. He said, do you know where this is? I said, yeah, that's Bayside. That's Fort Totten, Queens. I, I used to be an Army Reservist at Fort Totten, you know. Oh, uh, nice. That's cool. That's a good, like, local to meet. Yeah, and uh, great bartender, you know. Um, just really good atmosphere. The food, though, wasn't good, and it was really expensive. What kind of food are we talking about? Very... Pricey southern cuisine, gumbo, 
for like 20 bucks. Oh, Jambalaya. Yeah, there was, um, I got a, I think a uh, duck pot pie. And, it, and the that guy says, it's good. really good. You're going to like it. But I had to get everything to go, mind you. It was cold. It was terrible. And it was small. But it was very expensive. This was a more upscale restaurant. And I think it had lodging as well. But it really wasn't good. The reason I went there is because they were functioning as a nice bar that I could sit at. And yeah. Until they finally, shut, they finally shut them down. Um to the point where you know nobody was allowed to um, to serve anybody anything even if they were waiting or not so uh, I, w- I was grateful for that but you know the, I didn't go there dining every single day because the food just wasn't good it was mediocre and that. pricey and it was really pricey but there were but there were places you could go to like the waffle house where for 10 bucks you could fill yourself up on a big breakfast. That's where I would go. Yeah. It's someplace easy and cheap where I could just... I mean, there were nights that obviously all I was doing was eating fast food. And sometimes fast food was the worst chain pizza on the planet, which is pretty much now just relegated to the south. I think they did away with all of them up north. But Little Caesars has the $5 pizza, which is disgusting, but it's edible. But it's, e- and it's easy. Right. And it's there for you. So I got that. What was the Little Caesars deal? Five bucks? I think that's yeah, what it's it like is. Yeah, five bucks, yeah. They're like, hey, um, what's diarrhea? Here, get our pizza. <laughs> sure. Right, so. Not um, as good as my Adidas specials when I used to work there. Hey, here's $90 of merchandise. It's 35 <laughs> cents. Is there anything on the ground? If not, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a rebate. <laughs> Tweet us. Tweet us. We got to create a new uh, hashtag or... Twitter handle yeah. soon for the brassy and so let me yeah. let me clarify this for the listeners. It's the brassy and classy right. show. Right. It's brassy, brassy and classy, not classy and brassy, because ADHD mixes these up all the time. I'm B just... first, C first, C second. Is that how we're doing it? Brassy That's and classy. How we're doing. Brassy and classy. You've heard it here. This you is know the... what that means. Johnny needs work too. He moved back in with the parents and he's like, Do you oh, have any really? logos for me to do? I'm like, I guess so, yeah. Oh, have... did he? So yeah, well, I mean, he's doing okay money-wise, but there's good. nothing really pop. His job closed down. So I'll, bet your, I'll bet your mother is real excited for that. Yeah, he's just, he, he hates it. He's like, I'm drinking and playing video games all the time. I was like, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Drinking bourbon? I'm like, just be careful. <laughs> just be careful. Um, I couldn't I could, imagine moving I just back. Picture your, I could picture your mother crying when he goes home. Crying. <laughs> He needs to move way. out to Saint, Los Angeles. St. Christopher, pray for my son who's taking Saint Basil, 40-mile journey. Who is this? St. Michael. Who? St. Michael. What did he do? Cast Satan to paradise. Good boy. Uh, I want to ask you this. I've been itching to watch The Patriot again recently. I usually wa- I watch it every July 4th. 4th of July, yeah. But maybe I'll do it a little early this year. What's your thoughts on that? Should I respect it and, and wait? Or should I fire it up? Uh, well, you could always do this. There's the Patriot, and then there's 1776. Oh, never saw it. And then there's the John Adams. I think you should you should probably slice Adams. in 1776 because, well, for one thing, it's long. It's a big investment. It's like a two and a half hour. That's okay. But um, you've spoken of that before. I know your parents like it. I know well, it's well, well I, I, always wanted, I always wanted to play a part in that, either Dickinson 
or Ooh. Rutledge or Jefferson. I always wanted to play one of those parts if I got cast in that musical. I could see you as a Rutledge. Yeah, I want to be Rutledge, especially for that song that he does. Very powerful. I'm not familiar with it. I got to watch it. Yeah. But I know it's very well received. Yeah. It's not this bullshit Hamilton where we're putting hip hop in your theatrical play. I haven't seen it, and I really don't think I would like it. I've never yeah. heard anybody say it's bad. I don't think it's I trendy. Would like Hamilton. I really don't. It's trendy. People like to say, I, I think it's a great idea to have history so mainstream. I'm a big history guy, but like, I don't think I could get past it. I would hip-hop. like to know what people got out of the life of Alexander Hamilton. From watching that play, like what Good could point. you tell me about Alexander Hamilton? Um, Interesting. You know, Interesting right. take. If, Historically, and if, you, and if you and that's the thing, if you come out of there telling me that, well, he was shot in a duel in 1804 in Weehawk, New Jersey, right there, I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'll give you enough respect for that. That's pretty good. It was Weehawken. Yeah, because they couldn't yeah. duel. Dueling was illegal in New York, right. so they went over the river, but. If you could, if you could give me that much that Aaron Burr shot him in 1804, Aaron Burr, vice president under Jefferson, Jefferson and Hamilton hated each other. Jefferson, he um, did. And uh, John Adams did not like Alexander Hamilton. You know, Weehawken is geographically a good place for that. I mean, it smells like exhaust if you go through there right now. Right. I ate at an Oscar's restaurant for an uncle's birthday once. Weehawken yeah. at Oscar's, it just smells like you're in a garage. Because <laughs> yeah. of all the Lincoln Tunnel exhaust, it just yeah. it permeates over the air. You're like, yeah, it's it's good. Right. Stage four lung cancer. <laughs> right. No, it's good. Um, I would like I would like to hear what people get out of that though. I don't yeah. I don't think I'll ever see Hamilton. I'd have to someone would have to give me free tickets. I, it's a matter of time before they make the movie, and I'm sure Lin Manuel Miranda will be in it and yes. probably produce it. It's a matter of time. Of course. Uh, but I couldn't believe the amount of money. They were charging for those tickets. It's just it's like so, four hundred bucks. It was like fifteen hundred at one point. Crazy for a Broadway so, show. No, no way. That's a vacation. Hell. That's a vacation. No way in hell I would see that. That's airfare to uh, Australia. That's crazy. Um, I did watch The Highwaymen the other night. We talked about this about a year ago. I, I finished it. Night, actually, you watched it. I watched it again last night. I love that movie. Really? It's excellent. Yeah. It's so good. I love Kevin love Costner. I think he's so good. I just it's it's Robin Hood. Yeah. It's Wyatt Earp. It's dances. It's John uh, Dunbar on screen. And Woody Harrelson's great. And they don't what I love about the Highwayman, if you're unfamiliar listeners, it's about the uh John uh I forget his name, the detective right. Right. the yeah. lawman. They were John basically Hamm- they were Texas Rangers. Yes. And ni- by 1934, I guess when Texas was kind of becoming more civilized, for lack of a better term, um, where they didn't, the Texas Rangers weren't just cops. They were like you know the days of Wyatt Earp, where you they were like bounty hunters. Yeah, they were U.S. deputies or marshals, U.S. marshals. But in those days, they were law basically breaking the law. So they'd yes. be wanted by other law departments. Operating out of jurisdiction. Yeah, and they would shoot people on site. So at that particular time, uh, the governor was a female, um, Ma. Ma. Played by Kathy Bates in the film. But, yeah. And, um, it's really fantastic. And, and she authorized, she basically commissioned 
um, Frank Hammer and Manny Galt to go out there Frank and get Hammer. these guys because they just kept on, you know, they were, they were on this murdering rampage. Now, if you watch the original Bonnie and Clyde movie, which glorifies Bonnie and Clyde, because you never see yes, Bonnie I and Clyde Highwaymen no. until the end of the movie. But if you watch Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, you know, it centers on them. And Frank Hammer is in the movie. He doesn't even have any words. He right. just plays like this two-second part, and they clown him when, like, they, they, he could have caught them, but they hold him at gunpoint and then let him go or something. And that's not historically accurate. That's yeah, not it's, it's dramatized. Right. You got the real story of these guys going down and, and hunting Bonnie and Clyde. They, and that's, that's why I brought it up, and I'm glad you said that. I did watch the original, uh, or the 1969 yeah. Warren Beatty, uh, Faye Dunaway version yeah. and they humanize them and they dramatize it and they like uh right. you know they immortalize them but highwaymen is very raw right uh, they don't humanize bonnie and clyde no. they give you what you want uh, i felt like the backdrop was very realistic it was beautifully shot mm-hmm. and uh i wanted more from it it's good it made me made, made me want to watch uh public enemies with johnny depp again about john dillinger yeah that which i think is a Great that movie. movie I yeah, I know you don't like see. it. No, I didn't see it. Um, oh, I, I never think... really had a desire to, but yeah, maybe I will. It's just it's just cool thirties oh, gangster. Johnny but... Johnny Depp looked anything like John Dillinger, but no, not at all. But it was very. They're very ruthless. If you look back, these people would just mow down police officers in the street yeah. with submachine guns, like twenty of them, and right. that was it's it. Lawless. Law- get... It was. I'm really insane. excited to see. The Capone movie because this one's oh, unique. Yeah. How oh, Tom yeah. Hardy's going to be as Capone? You know, I actually got faith in him. Um, yeah, this is telling a story that's not, you know, the Valentine's Massacre. It's not about prohibition. Hey. It's not the Untouchables. Hey. It's he's got syphilis. Have a drink. It, there, there's been no. Um, th- there's been no stories told outside of documentaries and whatnot um, of him. While he was in Alcatraz, as he's on his way out, and when he was basically living in uh, in Florida, when they released him early oh, the with syphilis. the syphilis, yeah, and this is telling a story that's not been told on the big screen yet. So I'm looking forward to that one. It's gonna be really good. I hope. I have high hopes for that. I do like the movie The Untouchables, though. L.A. Ness, what are you gonna do now? The prohibition's ended. Have a drink, okay? So it was a big waste of time. Ain't that just like a whopper? He brings a knife to a gunfight. The first rule of being a policeman. Always go home to your family. <laughs> Ain't that just like a whopper? Frank Nitty. You know, what's interesting about The Untouchables is the scene where Frank Nitty blows up that ice cream parlor. I could have swore that was a Hollywood set. I was like, yeah, that's like Warner Brothers. And I, I looked it up, and it was, no, they filmed that on location in Chicago. They just redressed the streets. Yesterday, uh, I'm watching highlights of this show, Families in the Mafia. We talked about the last Oh, episode. yes, yes. Your friend. Yeah, it's a bad show. but um, It's a bad show. <laughs> it's a bad show. But my uh, old stomping grounds were featured. So they're doing an episode this past week, and there's a bar that I used to hang out called Danny Blaine's, and it's on Bay Street. Uh, right near Fort Wadsworth, just under the you know Verrazano Bridge on the Staten Island side. So Danny Blaine's, it's a good little dive bar. It's good, friendly people. You know, it's a dive. 
food's actually pretty good. And uh, I say, oh, there's Danny Blaine. You know, I wonder if Brendan is still working there. Oh, oh there he is. So there he is. And he was on the show. Your buddy. Is. He wasn't on it. Um, like he wasn't on it. He wasn't speaking, you know, but he was right. sold. It's funny because I'm pretty sure as I was watching it, I was thinking, I'll bet the locals who are regulars there don't want to be seen on camera. MTV. You know, uh, came in there and said, "Hey, we they probably had some camera. Don't pay any attention to us." And yeah. then they had the reality right. TV stars put on their show because it was a dramatized scene. It was really ridiculous. Like a father, the Irish really? father, his the daughter's new boyfriend doesn't approve of them, and everybody else is going about their business. So I'm sure after they yelled "cut," and everybody left, the regulars came back in and and said like, "Uh." This stupid shows. When are they going to stop throwing them? You know, this is what they think Staten Island is, and you know all these fake gangsters. Uh, right. I live near Paul Castellano's house. You're a gangster. And that's the thing. I was looking for uh, Jean Marie as well, who could have very well there. there. Probably was there. I didn't see her. I didn't see her. Probably came by later. Our old friend Jean Marie Castellano. What was that filmed? You think the episode? It looked like it was shit. Brendan was bartending, but my buddy Brendan, I know last time I spoke to him a few months back, he was looking to move to Florida. His house was on the market. Uh, he wanted to get off of Staten Island, but oh. uh, I would say it, it looked warm weather. There was probably uh, last fall, early fall. Probably August, September. I would say probably September, yeah. I'll have to look into my records of when they filmed that for the permits because I own a lot of real estate there in Staten Island and uh, I own that bar. Clark, no, you don't. You always make stuff up. I own everything. You have to be a moron to open up a restaurant, right? Or rather, really passionate and a lot of money. I couldn't do it. Could you imagine? It's like you're I guaranteed to fail. I have so much respect for yeah. thriving restaurants that have been around for like 50 years. It's like, so good hard. for you. Because it's a, it's almost impossible. I don't know it's how like the Beverly famous. Hills Hotel stays open. I do. It's the only hotel in Sunset Boulevard ah. between West Hollywood and Malibu. That's right on Sunset in the heart of Beverly Hills. But so if they didn't have that going, boycotted about. that place. Oh, because of that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, though. That is a great place. That's yeah. my favorite place in LA. Oh, we we go. Yeah, I have, we've, we've I have no there. shame. I'll go if they're gonna I'll, get you totally drink. I'll it's not go. The workers there that right do that. It's the you know what Trump should have bought that place. Yeah, that would have been a good investment. Yeah, yeah. it probably would have had just as many boycotts. But <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Coronavirus. What's new with the coronavirus? Are we feeling yeah, the? Uh, uh, I, I I don't know. You tell me. Uh, do you think you could have possibly had it? Because I know that I had pneumonia back Ooh. maybe, I think it was 87 or 88. I remember I was in like kindergarten at the time and I had pneumonia. I don't remember having it. I remember being sick, but I really don't remember how bad it was. You know, when you're that young, you're, you're you don't sick. know. Yeah. Sick is a bad sick. Time. Right. Sick is sick. But I did have pneumonia. Uh, right. and I survived it then. And maybe because of that, I have the antibodies to fight off the coronavirus because it could for the lungs i don't know so maybe i've had it but by now will i get it i could tell you on this side of america where it's prevalent yeah it's really dominating in fact 
people are are done with social distancing. Yeah, we're all ca- wearing masks, but I can. Everybody's tell you right sick now, of it. it. They got sick. I I tried to go to Home Depot. I just turned around. I, I got out of the parking lot because the line was so long. Thank you. I did the same thing with Target, the grocery store. I, I pulled in and I was like, "Fuck this." There's no way I'm waiting. I'm go somewhere home. else. I'm not doing this. We're not, we're not living in. The, right. the Russian bread lines of 1950. I'm not waiting in line to get necessities. Yeah. Like, fuck this. Now, the as soon as I just passed through Georgia, like the next day, the yep. governor of Georgia uh, lifted the ban, and now they're open for business. Yes. Is that a smart move? I don't know. I don't but, know either. I, um, you know, it, I, it's hard. I, I see things both ways. I don't think it's time to reopen the economy yet, but... At the same time, yeah, yeah, this economy is tanking. Uh, yes. I'm very fortunate that I am gainfully employed <laughs> here in Brass and Classic. Um, Brass and Classic. I'm good. I don't. I'm not suffering right now. I'm putting new siding on my house, and I'm yeah, getting a, I'm getting a great deal for it, probably because of this because virus. Of, take advantage of it. I bought this microphone that you hear me so nasally in, probably <laughs> because I had the coronavirus. I think. Because of these prices. I'll get to that in a second, but I do agree with you. I see both sides of it. I don't think it's time to open up the economy now, but I don't think the option is we're just going to have to wait it out. You cannot force 310 million Americans and this this economy, this world power, to just sit there and wait it out. You need a plan. I don't. And if you don't have one, you need to come up with one. I don't care how hard that is. You need to do people maybe do cards that people that have tested for it and have survived it you are allowed to go in out. Pockets. You open I don't know pockets. How There's no. There was really no reason to shut the entire economy down. I don't think down there in Biloxi. Now it was no. smart because the casinos were closed. Yeah, that makes that's sense. probably a good move. But if me. you if you kept the, like the Waffle House tried this, they tried to do social distancing, so they. You could sit down at the counter, but then the next seat was off limits. So okay. then the next person, if somebody were sitting next to you, that person would be two seats away from you. You okay. know, little things like that, because really there wasn't much. Uh, I can so get on board. There, with there, that. There, there wasn't a whole lot of cases in, in Mississippi as a whole. And in that particular part of Mississippi, <laughs> you know, it wasn't New York. Um, no. no, not and, at all. And I'll tell you what, I was there for five weeks, and what I was working on down there required me to be in the vicinity of more than 10 people for five days a week. And you're fine. I, I was fine, and we didn't wear masks. We were supposed to towards the end. I said to hell with it at this point. If I've got it, I've got it. But, you know, I got right. out of there. Okay. The flight coming back was disgusting. What disgusting. do you mean? It was so packed. Oh. Uh, Stagnant and people recycled had air. Probably no business traveling. They didn't look mean? like they were essential. You know, I saw oh, people fat people. Kids. I saw people with kids. Fat people. I don't know why they were traveling. You know, this it didn't look like they were essential business returning home. It looked like they were just traveling because it was like they wanted to see grandma. They had them right. They had their masks on and all, but. Oh, and then there was this one guy next to me, nothing to do with coronavirus, but he was this, you know, I think he was Pakistani. I, I picked up a little bit of uh, the lingo, if you will. Sounds like a terrorist. And and he's speaking Urdu or Pashto or whatever, and he's so loud. As soon as people land, they feel it's imperative 
to get on the phone with somebody. Oh, I hate that. Why? But you can't text it. You have to get on the phone yeah, with yeah, FaceTime. Yeah. Right. So this guy's going, I've landed. Right. This this guy's like, Wally. I'm in New York. I'm in New York. He was oh. so he was so loud that everybody. I think he was retarded. And uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, I think he wasn't right. He was retarded. Um, he's. I hear rock. I hear retards. Like he's too rock. Very funny retardation. So <laughs> he's talking so loud that everybody's looking at him on the plane because he was shouting into That's his. A problem. He was screaming it into his phone, and. Um, I, I think he had like a brother that was two rows in front of him that looks back. These, I think he had to go and talk to him, you know, to try and keep an eye on him. But he couldn't sit next to him, so he couldn't control him. But this guy was so loud. So loud. And it's just, and if he's retarded, then he, I give him a pass. But if he's just, if the people think that's normal, and a lot of people do, we have got serious issues right it's now. It's not normal. It's We've rude. got serious issues right now in this country, in this it, world. It's not with normal. people that think that everybody wants to hear the conversation. Yeah, most people, I'd say ninety-five percent of people, are against that. It's rude. There's no need for it anymore. There's no. It's not 1997 where you have like. How the are you first not embarrassed? I would right. never, ever, ever do that on a plane. I'll just te- I'll text people and be like, right. you know, I'm, I'm in the line at a grocery store. I'll call you when I'm done. That's fine. I won't answer the phone. The fact that you're airing that, they're, they're the second notch down from the worst people, which are the people that play music on their cell phones yes. yeah. loudly. That's Those are the worst. There's no excuse. Like nobody wants. To, it doesn't sound good. Right. Nobody wants to hear that, but the, the, the airing out of the conversations publicly is terrible. Bill Maher did a whole bit about it the other week. Like a five-minute bit about those people. It's like, so obnoxious, and it's just as bad, like you said, with the music. Um, you the know, if you live worst. in New York, and I'm sure if you live in LA, you listen to the people blasting the music. I, I laughed a lot at people blasting hip hop out of their cars in Bloxy. I'm like, look, this is Mississippi, guys. You're not from the street. Stop pretending. And you hear that New York. Especially on the subways with the music. Oh, yeah. It doesn't sound yeah. good. It's not no. like playing music off your cell phone without headphones. Sounds good. It does it as injustice, right. actually. So, um, yeah, that, that flight was very packed. There was no reason to have that many people on an airplane. We obviously weren't practicing social distancing. Right. And I said, this is disgusting. I actually wanted to leave and go back to Mississippi. You know who we have to have? Hap- the- I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. Oh, you know who we have to have on the show? He needs work, and we could probably get him on as the recently released Six Nine from New York. Uh, oh yeah, custody. yeah, yes. Nobody's taking that guy on any shows, no, and he's trying to get even, back. I bet his own YouTube Lynchum. channel banned him. Yeah, he can't get anywhere. He's trying to like tell Joe they're just flopping. Oh, uh, we'll have to. We gotta. We'll have to. But let's talk about your COVID experience. Yes. So in January, I was in contact with somebody who I found out this week had the coronavirus. I was sick, and I have a very high immune system, so I had the sniffles for two weeks. I still nasally, and I still have blockage in my nose. I get sick every time I'm in Los Angeles. (laughs) What do you mean? Uh, The miracle cures. Clark, why are you in there? No, you're making it so well, yeah, I was with, in contact with someone that was sick, and they were clearly, I thought they had the flu. They had uh, pale face, sweaty, very, very sick. 
I had the sniffles for two weeks. I still have blockage in my nose, which is when Corona's done, I can go to a doctor and like get this checked out. Jen was hospitalized with the flu a few days later. Two people I work in contact with at uh, Brassy and Classy Studios, I'll say, <laughs> interns, had the flu. So I'm pretty sure we had it. And I've been out every day since this thing happened. I haven't been uh, sick. That is not a symptom, though. Sinuses, stuffy nose is actually not a corona symptom. Great, so it's something else, and I'm <laughs> fucked. Now, I credit my immunity possibly to, you know, when I was um, in Phoenix back in December, I was really, really sick. But it, that was a bad bronchial sinus infection. Those aren't the same. It's not the same condition. But usually I get sick once a year, sometimes twice. Really? And it's usually, uh, sadly, it's usually around my birthday. Oh, um, December is, yeah, December is quite often a sickly month for me. I've been sick on Christmas before. With, with uh, sinus infections or just anything? With, with just a common cold or a flu. It's usually a common cold, but a bad, bad cold. I mean, I had a bad ear infection, I remember. Oh, um, fuck that. And it usually rolls around every December. Uh, so I, I think that's built up my antibodies to help me get through this pandemic. But Could yeah, they... from what I'm reading, the sniffles, um, nasal congestion is not a symptom of the coronavirus. Supposedly, and I've been watching closely um, Chris Cuomo's reports. Well, he got infected with it. You know, you don't see me watch a whole yes. lot of CNN, but I was... No. I was actually glued to it, and I gave him a lot of credit. I thought, I said, man, yeah, that's a, no, hell, of a, I was that's a hell of a guy right there, uh, Chris Cuomo. Who? Um, Who? And I was Who? really, really impressed. Marvel? The guy that played Thor's brother? Uh, huh? Who? Wait, who is this guy? I gotta look that. Uh, Donald Trump said it. Who? <laughs> The coronavirus. What? You know, and I hate like his. A, I hate. I hate his following act, which is Don Lemon, who I despise. But, oh yeah, nobody uh, likes Don Lemon. But Chris Le- uh, Chris Cuomo um, did a great report, and I was watching him closely, and he was going over the symptoms. You know, the beast attacks you at night. He said, "You get a ridiculous fever that supposedly makes uh-huh. you hallucinate. The fever doesn't go anywhere. You do get a bronchial infection because it attacks your lungs. You have really bad breathing problems." But you have a dry cough. Supposedly, though, there's no nasal infection, uh, from what I understand. I hope not. But well, Jen was hospitalized. That's yeah, possible. no, she had. She was hospitalized. They said it was the flu. I only say nasal infection because I have a high immune system. That if I did get sick, I, I probably wouldn't know it. I mean, I've I've yeah. only been sick once in like ten years. This will all catch up to me someday, and probably kill me. But, but Clark, for for the most part, I maintain. Clark, you've canceled a lot of. Oh yes, yes. Uh, no, those are all true. Clark, you said that you had coronavirus a year ago. It didn't even <laughs> exist yet. You made it up, and it came true. You're responsible. You're responsible. Uh, but maybe maybe not. But it is all very suspect. I do believe, though, and I do agree with you that we did jump the. And I and I get it. Better to be safe than sorry. And I'm not saying open shit up. I'm not one of those nut jobs in Michigan that's like open it up. They, you're just impatient. You don't have anywhere to go. Those people, Michigan, protesting—they don't have a life. No one, you have not nothing to do. But I, I do think that we Here might have go. jumped the gun with saying, "Oh, everything's going to be closed for months." The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, said, 
oh, this is going nowhere. Half of Californians will get it. That's just sensationalizing it. Yeah. There does need to be a plan to reopen stuff. You can't just wait on it and stay forever. Right. The, the effects of that, I think, are worse than the coronavirus. Yeah. You're going to kill businesses. You're going to kill people. are going to kill themselves. Right. I mean, I'm surprised robberies aren't up, to be honest with you. It's the perfect time to commit crime. Hey, who robbed me? Oh, he had a mask on and gloves. Okay, that's everybody. It's the perfect time to commit right. armed robbery. I'm surprised that's not happening. Maybe I'll do it tonight. Do you need some money? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But I do think that there does need to be a plan. If they don't know when that is. It's not good yeah. enough. You can't just keep everybody inside forever. It's just not It's not American. What do it's, you think? The stock market is, is treading water right now, and it's, it's actually sustaining itself much better than I, I thought it would. I figured we would be back to the lowest numbers since 2008. Um, How's your portfolio? I'd say strong too. <laughs> quite strong. <laughs> uh, strong. I'd say. Are you a homeowner, Greg? <laughs> well, who better um, to, to copy than Jesus? Greg's I Jewish. I am. <laughs> What's a congr- That's great, man. <laughs> so is JC. You're in good company. So uh, I have money in a thrift savings plan, and it did take a big dump. But eh, whatever, it'll come back. I'm not touching that for a long time until I retire, so I'm not really worried. I'll just buy more shares of it now. Um, But uh, now is not a time to be day trading. Yeah. But I know you're you're, you're a smart stock guy. You know what to do. I lost a lot of money. People ask me. That's another thing, in fact. The barber in Mississippi that, you know. A blah, blah, blah. A boob value. A boobah bile, a boobah bile. He asked me if I had a good stock tip. I said, "Yeah, stay out of it." Uh, what do you think? <laughs> do I look like just a rich white guy who's you know Wall Street? The the Wall. Yeah, no, but you know what you're talking about better than most. It's like but, the movie Snatch. Do you have anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I said. I said just stay out of it. I know it sounds tempting, but look, it's it's just it's gambling like any other kind of gambling. Yeah, it is. You know you. You've done pretty well though in stocks over the years. I've lost a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money, and uh, it's it's hard to deal with. What would you What would you invest in now, or once this whole COVID nineteen stuff goes over, medical equipment? If I had a hot tip. Yeah, I would invest in whatever PPEs was willing to give out the inside information. On yeah, on PPE, but well, PPE, it's there's no inside information, but. Um, if there was a wonder drug, which I don't think there is, I think this um, chlor uh, yeah uh, chlor hydrochloroquine right. Uh, I listened to a lot of ep- qualified epidemiologists, one of them being the um, notorious Dr. Michael Savage, who many people hate, but he is a certified epidemiologist. Yes, he is. With he knows the what he's talking about. Stuff. Yeah, and um, was Josh he said, and he right, we have to have him on the show. So yeah, he he had people on the show um, of, of his, and I'm not going to plug away to, at his show, but he had people in medicine, and he was uh, arguing that this is not the drug to uh, to be seeking right now because this is we've shown in the past that hydrochloroquine. 
is used, yeah, for some success of malaria, but it's just this is that disease. And uh, he also talked about uh, Dr. <laughs> Fauci. He yeah. calls him Dr. Slouchy. <laughs> He's kind of slouchy. He hates Dr. Slouchy, yeah. So, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know much about the man's history. I, I really don't know much about him until now. But Anthony Fauci was big in the Reagan administration. That's how long he's been at work. The guy just won't retire, I guess. It's amazing. He's been around from, like you said, the Reagan administration. There's clips and, uh, of him. You know, 1987. Yeah, and there was there was uh, talk of why hasn't Trump fired him? You can't really fire a guy like that who's so embedded. Or you no, know, but he will so, once this is done. So grandfathered in, but he really yeah. didn't didn't handle the AIDS epidemic that well back when it had emerged. No, he downplayed the situation. Right. And didn't and, really know what he was talking about. Right. Just and based on what I saw. Everybody downplayed this thing in January. I did too. We I'm all did. Expert, but it's I was just like, a flu. It's just a flu. And it was like, a... hey, we got to worry about this coronavirus. I was like, nothing named Corona is ever going to be serious. This is a joke. But Dr. Michael Savage said this is not a joke. And this is a guy who had nothing to lose or gain from that statement. He just said, this is going to be serious, and wait till it mutates. Did he say that? Wait until this thing mutates in the uh, when it feeds on the disease-ridden bums in, this, in San Francisco who, are all, who have already infected with God knows what. Right. What do you, I think we should have listened to him earlier then if he said that stuff. And that was his show yesterday. most people weren't saying that. Right. His show yesterday was, you know, you heard it here first. Nobody wanted to listen to Dr. Savage. You know, that's the blowhard that he is. I get it. But, um, you know, the guy was right. And that's he's got a, a background in that. It works. I do think um, there's no silver bullet with this thing. That no. people are like, well, Trump should have this. This should have happened. No. There's nothing that could have stopped the, this. The only happen. bullet that can take it on is it's going to require people to have it, people to develop the antibodies yes. and give the plasma. I will not give plasma again. I did it once. It sucks. I can't give plasma. I take Propecia for my hair. Um, my blood is not good for anybody. I was sitting my in that chair. My vanity protects me from giving blood. I was stuck in a chair for 45 minutes with a needle in oh, my Oh, fuck own. that. 45 minutes. Um, by the way, you know who has a lot of these N95 masks, apparently? Marty York. He's going to be on the show next week. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful. from Sandlot. The company he works for apparently has a stockpile, and they're like trying to get rid of him. Uh, we got to ask him about this. Um, you know what's funny? I was talking to some young people. Uh, I think we talked about this last show, so we don't want to revisit it, but I was uh, among some young people when I was uh, doing my thing down there in Mississippi, uh, my project, and... Well, well, Somehow the Sandlot came up. Oh, and, nice! You should have plugged it. But like, and I, I talked no. about Marty. It, you know, who, I think it was a guy who was maybe twenty-eight or so who had uh, mentioned he was a big fan of the Sandlot. And I said, you know, well, um, Marty York is a good friend of my buddy. Uh, he was on our uh, an old yeah, podcast good. that we have. Now we have a new podcast, right. and we hope to have him on our new podcast. Yeah, we fired John, uh, and uh, we won't even say his name. <laughs> Um, but uh, most people didn't remember. Yeah, yes, I like. I had to explain it to him, 
Everybody just knows you're killing me smalls. I think that's, that's how the subject came up. We we right. were coming back from a lunch break. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is with the Sandlot. Not the problem, but the thing, at least for me, is there's like 12 characters in the, the group. The lot. Yeah. And I don't watch the movie a lot. I've seen it as a kid. I, I like it. I think Marty's awesome, but I have to... I had to like when, when I met him. I had to like think for a second. I was like, yeah. yeah. And then I, I was like, oh yeah, like I know who you are. Four times the size he was back then. Uh, yeah, it's like the Hulk next to yeah. Marty York today is like the Hulk. He's just this beast of a man that just won't stop getting bigger. Right. To like Screech from Saved by the Bell right. it, in the early days. It's just you wouldn't you wouldn't right. know. Right. Um. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting when that comes up. The Sandlot. I didn't realize how big that movie was, following wise. People. I didn't know either. I really didn't. I think it's big with athletes. Like um, Kobe Bryant really liked it. I think like athletes really like it. Me, who's not very athletic, like I like sports, but you know, I played little league when that movie came out, and I sucked at it. So yeah. me too. I just sucked. I always wanted to be a good athlete. I tried. I was living proof that practice didn't make perfect. Oh, yeah. 100%. Same here. I was having lunch with your father and Pee Wee Reese one time. We were talking about your future. And Clark, that's, just, that's, Clark, that's ludicrous. <laughs> Clark, why would you be sitting with Pee Wee Reese? You going to keep going a little bit more, or do you want to wrap this up? Uh, we might have to put on the W pile because my battery is actually dying. Okay, well, I'll start recording now for real. Now the rehearsals <laughs> are over, and then we can hopefully wrap it up. So you saying you were at the Waffle House? Go. <laughs> Look. Uh, before we go, do you have two minutes? Yeah, let's do a couple. Oh, another min. Another min. Um, before we go, I want to wish you, you know, good healthiness. I'm, I know you don't yeah. talk about it, but I'm proud for what you were doing down in the South, and I'm glad you made it back to New York without any incident. And I would oh. love to assist more in New York because uh, I really do much down there. Yes, because what? I really didn't do much down there. So I you really... wanted a little taste in New York is what you'll say. <laughs> Let me pull down my pants and the rat come out. Uh, before we go, you mentioned earlier we didn't really get into it. The siding on the house, you said corona yes. prices. What does that yeah. mean? I don't so want to forget. I got a great deal from a guy. I, I, my siding on my house is falling off. And uh, there's actually a little bit of asbestos there, so that can be very costly. Um, yeah. I started making phone calls when I was down Sippy. And Sippy. When I, um, when I started talking to people, you know, I've got a friend of mine. He's a contractor, but he doesn't come cheap. And, you know, I, I love the guy. I just, um, I would use him any, any day of the week. I like the fact that uh, he's a friend of mine, but I would still do business with him if he was, uh, you know, for the right price of the business with anybody, even my closest friends. I know that disturbs a friendship sometimes, uh, but yeah. no, he's he's a good guy. That's what he does, and and he's really good at what he does. So I would love to use him when I can. But he's not cheap, and I don't blame him for not being cheap. He does great work. He does good work. Yeah. Um, I fa- he told me he couldn't do the job for the price that I'm being given right now. By this other company so i call huh. the siding company and the guy says that you know he's basically been in quarantine for the past couple of weeks he's looking to get on a project obviously nobody needs anything done right now and it's not because you know 
they don't want people working on their homes. It's because nobody's working. <laughs> right. They can't afford it. So he'll take any job. So I'm yeah. getting a very good deal all the way around. But new siding. That's awesome. I'm getting cedar impressions. Well, you know what? Let's just say they're real cedar shakes. Real cedar. Uh, I'm getting what, insulation. What's the discount? Like, let's just say, let's just say that I'm just making these numbers up. Yeah. Let's say the job would cost $10,000. What would you be paying for now in uh, the same scope? It, it is more than 10000 I will say that. I'm sure it's like 40000 No, 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 no. 27 No, 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 no. 18 Um, it's, I'll say five. it's more than 10 less than 20 and um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I would probably be paying a minimum of 20 if this were a real good, strong economy with high demand right now. Wow. So you got to, is there anything else you can do during this time to take advantage of the sitch? I wanted to think get about a, it. I want really to get, get a new vehicle, but I'm wrapped up in this fleece. I mean, do, it. do the vehicle. That's what it is. It's the cars. It's... Nobody's buying shit now. No, but I can't get out of this fleece. What's the car? My the, Ram. The Ram. It's a great Ram car. Truck. It's a good. No, it's a good truck. I enjoy the Dodge Ram. It's right. it's solid. It's very good. After you're done drinking your natural ice, why don't you hop down in your, your wife beater car and go down to see your cousin Sammy down at the clan meeting? Because we all need a truck. Hey, let's get this drywall job going. Fucking X. Get a nice German car. No, I'm get this drywall job going. Let's get this drywall job done. Hey, you want to watch Roseanne on TNT? I don't like that show. Well, you should. Dan Cotter's life is exactly like yours. No, no, it's good. But you should take advantage of that stuff, right? Like the drywall sounds like a good deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should get a boat. I, Forget I the tried. cars. Get a boat. I want one. You need one. You're a boat guy. You you need a boat. But my friend, the contractor that I just mentioned, he's got a huge, enormous boat, and he just says, you know, when you guys want, when the weather's warm up, you just come see us. Why get a boat? You just throw money into it. His wife said that to us. Ah, you see, just that's what you us. need. It's a money pit. It's a money pit. That's what you like... need. That's it. You have a friend that you can borrow a boat. That's why Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, only rents boats. And they asked him in an yeah. interview, why don't you have a boat? Why don't you own one? He goes, well, because when I want to use one, I rent one. If you buy it, you have to pay insurance. Somebody messes yeah. around. They get in trouble. There's a lawsuit. It's too much yeah. hassle. It's too much money. Right. Perfect. I don't need a boat. Like you know, His standard couldn't be just a little dinghy with a motor on it to throw a rod and reel around. Uh, I, that's all I want. I just want something right. that I could you know, drop in the water in a couple of minutes right across yeah. the street. I'm down in the, in the water, right. and I can just right. fish. That's I why I say it. Yeah, so I don't need a yacht. No, no, I'm not talking about it. I'm gonna, but that's why I say it, because I know you're close. And I'm just talking to my ass, but you're close to the water. It'd be cool to have a boat. Yeah. All right, that's going to be our show. You're listening to the Brassy and Classy Show. I'm Matthew Clark, Michael Piscardi. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Stay home. Good night. Godspeed. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be so bold, Sam. That'd be so bold. <laughs>